Blog Talk Radio. about that 
We also want to make sure that we indicate that we've got some voting going on, um, some primary voting going on in, in these uh, important presidential elections that are taking place. But we're we're going to we're going to step aside from that now. We might end up coming back to it because of the show that we have tonight. Yeah, it might lead us down that path. But for for now, let me just say, we have three guests who will be on separately. And tonight, anything goes. Okay, we're calling this Call It Like You See It Night. Anything goes. So I have asked three people to come on and sound off on anything at all in the political arena. And I said anything. And let me tell you something. I didn't even ask them what they'll be talking about. You might say I'm adventurous or brave or courageous or stupid. I don't know. But I didn't even I didn't even ask. I just said, you know what? I want to hear what people are thinking and for some, you know what? It might be just this this political climate that's so intense right now. It might be these presidential debates that have been rather interesting. Um it could be this talk of a brokered or contested convention. It could be the fighting that's going on between candidate supporters. You know what? Predictions. It can be anything. I'm just throwing that out. It can be none of those things, all of those things, whatever. I just wanted to hear what people had to say. So we're going to find out. They can rant and and uh, sound off and get on their soapbox and, and do their thing. That's what tonight is all about. And as I invite you to call in, the only thing I ask is that when we have a guest on, if you want to call in to chime in, try to stay on the topic that the particular guest has created for us. So let's go, all right? My first guest is Randy Bolander, and Randy is going to rant <laughs> uh, with us first tonight. And so I'm going to bring him in, and I, again, I have no idea what Randy wants to talk about tonight, but I know that Randy is, is going to let, to, to let us know about that. And Randy, thank you for joining me on The Right Voice. Adrian, how are you? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. And you? I am doing fine. Happy International Women's Day. Thank you. Thank you. And I, I guess I, I can say the same to you. <laughs> are you? Well, the difference is you're an international woman and I'm not. So it's kind of more your day than mine. That's true. That's true. But you have you have a lot of... um. You have a lot of women in your family, though, right? I've There's a remarkable before. number of women in my life. That's very true. Absolutely. Um, I have uh, I have five sons and five daughters. So five right. daughters and and one wife is is a lot for anyone. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And, and I I just wanted to tell our listeners that we had you on before talking about Zoe's house and um, the amazing family that you had many of whom are adopted. How many children have you adopted, you and um, your uh, wife, Kelsey, adopted? Six, six of the ten are adopted, all domestic, but a uh, wide variety of races, uh, black, Latino, uh, Japanese, Thai, Puerto Rican, uh, and Caucasian. Mm-hmm. And give us your website address again um, for Zoe's House. Yeah, uh, it's Zoe's House Adoptions, Z-O-E-S, houseadoptions.com and you can uh, check out we can work with families anywhere in the nation we're based in Kansas City but work uh, work nationally and we'd love to help if you just you're wondering about how adoption works we'd be happy happy to have a conversation absolutely well all right Randy what is going on in the political arena that has your attention that you're going to sound off about tonight well, it is raining in Kansas in Kansas City tonight, which we are we are glad because we've been hit deep in politicians, and it kind of seems to be uh, washing the residue away <laughs> because uh, they were running all over Johnson County, which is the county that I live in, last week because of course we had our big caucus, mm-hmm. and uh, I I greet you from the state of Kansas where we gave Donald Trump and Hillary Clinton a big fat no on Saturday, which mm-hmm. uh, I think surprised a lot of people, but. I think is a fantastic thing. So I went to caucus. I've never been to the caucus before. We did not live in Kansas last go around. And uh, okay. so went to the caucus and it's run a little bit differently here. It's different than the Iowa caucus or um, even in the, the Republican caucus is different than the democratic caucus in mm-hmm. Kansas. The democratic caucus, if you're going to go bring a sandwich because you got to spend the whole steak and day, uh, mm-hmm. you, you sit and you argue, you listen to all the speeches uh, on the Republican side, it doesn't work that way. You can go listen to the speeches, but you don't have to. And so you can go in and just kind of cast your ballot. And so I got there, 
and the line was out the wazoo, down the hall, around the corner, into the parking lot, down to the football field in high school. It was huge. Wow. Uh, when I when I got there, the line was about an hour long, and mm-hmm. uh, very quickly it was two hours. Uh, it just wow. grew like crazy. They mm-hmm. had about 30,000. Uh... Are you there? I somehow lost you, Andy. You there? I am still here. Oh, I'm good. Here, here. I lost you. I lost you for a second. I got you back. Okay. Sorry. Right. Sorry. Mm-hmm. We uh, they printed about sixty thousand ballots. They figured twice as many as last time, and uh, they ran out of ballots around noon. I think they had close to eighty thousand ballots ca- uh, cast, and everybody thought that was a good thing for Donald Trump. In the end, it turned out to be a very bad thing for Trump because he was defeated two to one by by Ted Cruz. And I'm not a huge Cruz fan, but I'm even less of a Trump fan, so I was excited. It was it was good to uh, to see him get turned back. Also very good on the Democratic side, and I'm not a Bernie, a Bernie fan by any means, but it just blessed my heart to see him beat Hillary Clinton in Kansas. Because <laughs> if, a, if an elderly socialist can beat Hillary in conservative, mainstream, middle of the country – then she's got problems, and she's ultimately going to be the nominee, but every dollar that she has to spend to try and stay ahead of him is a dollar she's got to raise again to to spend later in the general. And so uh, it was just a fun day in Kansas to, to kind of turn back the apparent front runners and uh, tell them to they either have to fight for it or maybe even concede. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I've never experienced a, a caucus at all. I've only heard tales of it. And now is this I mean, excuse my ignorance about the whole thing. But what right. I had heard what I had heard about it all was that, you know, people you actually you have to stand up in front of everyone, correct? And then you go well, stand under your particular candidate you want to support and all the public pressure is on you. Is that how it was? It's different in every state. It was okay. not like that in Kansas. In in Kansas, it was very much like a primary, except there were speeches going on the whole time. Okay. But you didn't have to listen to them. So I walked in. When I walked in the back of the room, when I finally got registered and got in after about an hour, uh, it's I'm in a big lunchroom, like a school lunchroom. There's about 50 people sitting and listening to a man give a speech. I stood and listened to him. I kid you not. I listened to him four or five minutes before I uh, heard him men- name his candidate. He just he was just going in circles. You know, they're trying to get everybody they can out to every one of these precincts. And so uh, this was the guy who drew this precinct, and he was uh, making a speech for Donald Trump, but it was rather elliptical, to say the least. And he, you know, finally got around to his candidate. Uh, People are talking, drinking coffee, eating donuts. Nobody's really paying attention, to be quite honest. While I'm standing there, I'm just watching this because, you know, this is like cheaper than going to the movies. While I'm watching Mm -hmm. this, um, Rick Santorum walks into the room. And uh, he was he was there on behalf of Marco Rubio. So the right. poor gentleman giving the Trump speech finishes to, you know, no applause, no anything, no recognition that he had started or quit. And uh, they sent Santorum up. Santorum got on the mic. Um, you know, if you're going into a public speaking competition, you don't want to go up against Rick Santorum or, or one of these guys if you're not a pro. And uh, Santorum did fantastic. He really did. You know, whether you like Rubio or not, whether you like Santorum or not, he is great in front of people. He's very smart, and he presented his case for Marco Rubio. Uh, of course, when he's done, thunderous applause. Even people who didn't like Marco Rubio were, were clapping for him. Uh, mm-hmm. And then you walk through and you put your ballot in. So it's not quite like you hear in Iowa where you've got to go to different corners of the room. And, you know, some of those things sounds like a game of Red Rover. Uh, and that wasn't wasn't it at all. It was a lot more like a primary. Mm-hmm. I I hope you don't mind because I you, something you said just uh, jumped out at me, and I'm kind of uh, interested in why. You mentioned that you're not a huge Ted Cruz fan. May I ask you, put you on the spot, and ask you why? Yeah, um, a cu- couple of reasons, and mm-hmm. uh, you know I. I don't know Ted Cruz from Adam. He could be a fantastic person as a person. Mm-hmm. So, you know, sometimes when you start talking about their candidates, people get very defensive. I'm sure he's a sure. fine human being and a, you know, a great pet owner and all this other stuff. I don't really care. Um, mm-hmm. I think <laughs> that uh, he has made his identity as somebody who's easy to not like in Washington. He has mm-hmm. met the farm on the idea that everybody in Washington hates me, which means everybody in middle America will love me because they all hate Washington. Mm-hmm. And, 
if he's right about that, his rear end is going to be in a sling if he ever wins because he's got to go back to Washington and work with those people. And right. he, you know, now he's got to go back and work not only with Democrats who don't like him, but with Republicans who don't like him. So if what he's saying is true, I don't know how he's going to get anything done. Mm-hmm. And so it sounds, if what he's, go ahead. I'm sorry. And what, if what he's saying is not true, then he's just pandering, and I've got less tolerance for that. So he's mm-hmm. made his identity of somebody who just you can't be worked with. Um, also, I think uh, his approach to the immigration issue, I think, is highly simplistic. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we were talking about millions of people, millions of different situations, and uh, a lot of uh, marriage and families and interwoven things. And I'm a rule of law guy, but if you're immigration policy can fit on a bumper sticker, then you don't understand the problem. It's bigger than that. Mm-hmm. And so in, in, you know, in my opinion, I've just, I've watched the immigration thing morph over the years and in sometimes even hurt people who were here legally as the law and the rules change on them. And uh, I just, I watch that and I know the little snippets play really well in front of the hometown crowds, but they don't address the issue very well. And so in my mind, I don't think that, that he's got his head around that in a way that's productive. Mm-hmm. Well, you mentioned something very interesting, and that is, uh, it sounds to me like you sort of uh, agree with with Trump in that he says often that uh, Cruz won't be able to get anything done. Of course, he calls him a nasty guy, and he says, you know, he points out the fact that he has not been endorsed by by any senator whom he works with all the time, and uh, and therefore he doesn't think he will be able to get anything done. It kind of sounds. I know you're not a Trump fan, but it sounds like you're in agreement on that issue. I think that's more coincidental than anything. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I agree. Yeah, I, you know, I, I have so little tolerance for Trump. Um, I was never on the Trump train, but mm-hmm. I determined in my heart I would never board that train early on when, and, you know, I'm going back to something way, way in the back, but this is how Trump has stayed afloat, is he says something crazy. And while everybody is reacting to the crazy thing, he says something crazier, so you have to move on to the next crazy thing that he said. And there right. are these whole list of things that are out there that have never, ever been settled. And the early one for me was when he decided John McCain was not a hero because he got yes. shot down. That right. was the most insane thing I've ever heard. John McCain spent five years in a prison camp, could have been released the first year if he would have allowed them to break protocol, but he said, no, first in, first out, there are men who've been in here, but he would not take advantage of the fact that his father was an admiral. Mm-hmm. And he spent a good four extra years in a prison camp because he did not want to take an advantage that wasn't his. I'm sorry, like his politics or not, that's pretty heroic. Right. And so, and that was never landed. And he just went on to the next crazy thing, and the next crazy thing, and the next crazy thing. Uh, I, he's a disaster waiting to happen, hopefully waiting a very long time. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I, on the John McCain uh, issue there, there, there's a lot that we could criticize John McCain about, and there's a lot we can question, but certainly his heroism not his not military record. Yeah, right. talk about his policies, but you know what? Absolutely. That's ridiculous. Yes. I agree with you on that. Well, I, I have to. Um, we have to end this, but but before I do, I have to. I just want to ask you this. Just listening to you, it sounds to me that you're in the situation where you. And I don't want to put words in your mouth, but it sounds to me like you're in the situation of of having to having had to vote for the lesser of uh, a few evils. To use that no. Y- yes and no. I hear that. I understand people who feel that way. Um, I could vote for Marco Rubio. Uh, mm-hmm. It doesn't look like I'm going to get a chance to, mm-hmm. uh, but I could. Um, okay. I, if it comes down to Hillary and Trump, mm-hmm. uh, I, I might write you in. Adrian, who, were you born in the United States? <laughs> I, yes, I was. <laughs> okay, well, I'll take your word for it, and then we're going to go with that. And I understand that we're going to, you know, I'm going to pick the lesser of the two evils and vote against the other person. But here's the deal. If we get either one of those two in, we have created a disaster, and picking the less of the disasters, if there is one, I really don't think there'd be a whole lot of difference between the two of them. And I want to be able to look at my kids in the eye when the nation goes completely bonkers because we've elected a nutball and say, kids, I did what I could. Mm-hmm. And I realized that I was fighting a looting battle. But, no, I, I, I will vote, but I will not vote for either of those two. Mm-hmm. 
Okay. Well, thank you so much for for uh, your input, Randy, and sounding off with us on The Right Voice. I really appreciate it. I'm just going to hold you over for a second before I bring in our next guest. I We have a caller, and uh, I don't know if this is a call for you or not, so I'm going to allow okay. the caller to come in, and then I'll release you if, if it's not for you. Okay? Sounds good. Sounds good. All right. Okay. So let me see who we have. Hello. You're on The Right Voice? Hi, um, my name is Vicki, and I did call for Randy. Hey, Randy. Hey, Vicki, um, how are you? I'm great. I follow you on Twitter um, through, actually through Joel is how I found out about you, but um, God bless you and your family. Um, Thank you. I don't know if anybody said this. I heard just a little bit about you saying something about the lesser evils, and um, the lesser of two evils is still evil, so I... <laughs> I just, <clears throat> I don't see how it's possible, but my question or statement is really, um, who are these evangelicals that are voting for Trump? I, I'm not, yeah. I don't want to sound like I'm judging him, um, but I think that, you know, we we know who a person is by, you know, their fruits, right? And, yeah. I mean, maybe I misunderstood that part in there, but... Um, I think it's so obvious, and, and yet people that, and I do evangelicals in quotes. I don't know if you do that too, but um, yeah. where is this coming from? I don't understand. You know, this is, this is only opinion, and, I, and I'm going to frustrate some people, and I, I don't mean to. But uh, the church as a whole is desperately, like, dying for heroes. And we will latch on to anybody and elevate them to famous status or, or elevate their status if we think that they'll pretend to be one of us or pretend to like us. It's just it's pitiful. And we've watched, you know, some Christian leaders that have endorsed him and given others license to, well, if that guy said it's okay, it must be okay. Um, so I think it's part of that, some of that. But honestly, I still think the evangelical uh, voters are, I don't think they've solidified behind him. I think, you know, in Kansas, Kansas is deeply religious, and they voted hard for mm-hmm. Cruz, two to one over Trump. So I and think some of, that that. Is, some of that I think is spun by the media. Um, the idea that, the, that evangelicals would endorse Trump or vote for Trump is intriguing because it seems unlikely, and it plays good to the headlines. I don't think there's a lot of data behind it. Well, well I, I agree. I don't, I don't – I think a lot of it is talk. I'm just shocked at how um, he can literally do and say whatever. And, you know, I just feel like, I mean, it's really hard not to be totally discouraged in the whole process. It really is. I understand. I really have backed off. I've backed off, you know, really interested in politics, but I've really, you know, I feel like this, um, and this is the last thing I'll say, but I just feel like if we spend – as much time in the word as we do watching this whole theatric, mm. um, I think we'd be a lot better off. I definitely mm. want to take part in, in the process, but I won't vote for Trump. There's no way. Mm-hmm. So, and you know, thank you. Yeah. And thank you. Thank you so much for your call. And thank you, Randy also. And uh, that's a question that's been, that's been bandied about for so long. And uh, I get there. There's there's strong opinions on on both sides of that. So I appreciate you um, taking that call and answering those questions. Thank you so much. You bet. Have a good evening, Adrian. All right. You too. Okay. We are we're going to move right along here. And uh, that was Randy Bolander, and he was chiming in there on the caucuses and the Donald Trump and t- uh, Ted Cruz, et cetera. And so I do have my my other guest, and she's been waiting. Her name is Tammy Nance. And uh, and Tammy's going to share with us what's uh, what's on her mind because again I didn't ask anybody so um, I have no idea what she might say so um, let's get into what what Tammy wants to share with us Tammy thank you so much for joining us on the Right Boys Hey Adrian how are you doing tonight I am doing well and I'm very glad that you're that you're with us and uh, you obviously were listening to Randy. Um, on the last segment there. And I was, and doggone it, I had a plan, and that just got shot, because listening to that got me fired up about something else. Oh, you so. know what? I love it. I love it. 
So whatever you fired up about, you go with it. You go with it. We're you just gonna talk. My southern accent might really come out once I get started. Um, no, you know, your your caller and, and also Randy were talking about something that's so important and something that, you know, I talk about a lot on Facebook. Uh, I, I saw a graphic today um, and actually put it on my Instagram page um, that said it was a Toby Mac graphic, and it said, have you prayed about it as much as you've talked about yeah. it? And I thought that was so vital for what we're going through right now, because I think a huge problem within the church is that we have a lot of people who are not doing their own homework. Hmm. And uh, I'll give you an example. Last night I had uh, a couple of voters who happen to be family and maybe listening, and I am not trying to be rude in saying what I'm about to say, but but these are people who are I, I think are pretty well informed. They do their own homework. I see them post a lot of stuff on Facebook. But they messaged me last night and said, I'm getting ready to go vote tomorrow. I'm a little bit undecided still. Uh, so tell me, does Ted Cruz believe that Muslims can be president? And, you know, they indicating that they had a problem with this. And then they wanted to know, is he really, is he really a citizen or not? And, mm-hmm. Immediately, I was struck with, you know, just a little bit of homework. Yeah. And that could have been solved on its own without, you know, and not that I mind somebody asking me, but that was just a great example yeah. of how these, the, we will allow things that we hear in the liberal media to um, become these huge issues for us when just a little bit of research and doing our own homework a little bit would solve those problems. Um, you know, and I, I went on to explain, you know, somebody's a Muslim, but they're a legal citizen. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the Constitution allows them to become president just like you or me as Christians. Right. And, mm-hmm. you know, and then, you know, of course, the, the whole citizenship issue. But anyway, um, you know, I just was struck by the fact that, you know, so often in our churches, we're talking this thing to death. But are we really on our knees praying about this election? Mm. Come on. Such an yeah. important thing. Mm-hmm. I totally, totally agree. And I saw that. Uh, I saw that graphic also. And, you know, this is for me, just to chime in on that, this has been a very crazy, crazy season uh, in politics. And I have been like, Lord, what is your heartbeat in all of this? Because sometimes I just struggle with, you know, sometimes things just seem crazy. And I'm thinking, okay, is God up to something that I don't see? Or is it a matter of, you know what, these people are just begging to get what they are begging to get, and they're going to get, you know? And, uh, and so, yeah, it's, it's, there's a lot of prayer that we need, that we need to do, and, and obviously our own homework and, and all that stuff. But it's been tough, Tammy, for me, you know? Yeah, yeah, it has been me too. In fact, I've, I've had to really back off, um, believe it or not, I've had to back <laughs> off, you know, a lot on, on social media because it is so, uh, it's so easy to get way too fired up over stuff that doesn't matter or, or sure. stuff that's not true that comes mm-hmm. across the timeline mm-hmm. uh, or get in a situation where you're in a shouting match, you know, essentially mm-hmm. on social media, you know, with someone who has every right to believe what they believe right or wrong mm-hmm. and uh which was part of what I you know what I was going to talk about originally mm-hmm. um was you know can't we all just get along for crying mm-hmm. out loud you know we right. can we all not take a step back and mm-hmm. and re- remember that we all have the freedom to think however you know we choose and mm-hmm. just because I think a certain way and express that on social media doesn't mean that I need to go, you know, um, haywire on other people's, you know, opinions mm-hmm. <laughs> who don't see mm-hmm. things quite eye to eye with me. <laughs> yeah. Um, and there's, there's a lot of haywire going on. I mean, I, oh, I, mean, I know. Yeah. yeah I mean, people are talking <laughs> about losing friendships that they've had for years and all that. And I'm thinking, are you serious? I mean, yeah. have you had people, I mean, people who have, I'm not talking about these social media friendships that come and go, you know, but I mean, I mean, have you had people that you're in close relationship with um, and you've suffered because of this, these, you know, crazy politics going on or no? 
I would say I have a few relationships that are strained because of it. They're not ended, but we have just kind of had to back away from talking about politics because we absolutely mm-hmm. do not agree mm-hmm. on, um, you know, on the candidate. And uh, there are people who refuse to, they, they just want to believe whatever comes along and not do their own homework. And when you call them on it, they they just get angry and stomp away instead of mm-hmm. trying to have a conversation. And so I would say that there have been some relationships that have been strained. I would not walk away from a friendship over whether or not somebody uh, likes Donald Trump or, you know, or whatever, but, um, you know, uh, definitely have yeah. had to back away from talking about politics with some people. Right. Which is something that so. many of us have learned. To, some of us have learned to do that throughout the years just because of family. I mean, oh, you know, absolutely. I'm, yeah, I'm in a family of Democrats. And I learned in 2008 after that election that, I mean, we <laughs> had one huge blow up. And I said, you know what? I, I can't I can't do this, you know. But um, but yeah, I was in a conversation with someone early who was very, very frustrated because people cannot wrap their brains around other people supporting certain people. And Donald Trump seems to really bring that out in people. <laughs> and, and there's people who, yeah. And there are people who are just like, I can't fathom why I don't understand how. And, you know, and I'm thinking, here's my mindset. My mindset is, listen, half, most of these people, not even half, most of these politicians don't end up doing what they say they're going to do anyway. <laughs> and, right. And I'm not going to end a relationship over someone who tends to go to Washington, drink the water and become something totally different or someone who's going to be in there for eight years, be done, and now you've had this friendship for 20, and it's over. Right. You know, right. I'm not saying it's not important. Tammy, we do know. I mean, and there's a lot on the line, which is why there we is. need to pray. Which is why we need to pray. But, I mean, we do need to take a step back and just go, really? Let people be people. Pray. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Well, hard. and be Christian Be Christian first and, you know, uh, an activist second. And I, I mean, I know that the two are not mutually exclusive by any means, but remember, like for those of us who are Christians, remember that testimony <laughs> trumps mm-hmm. being right. I mean, yeah. I don't have it's to cool, always right? be right. Sometimes I just need to walk away from the conversation or, you know, whatever. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, one of the things that's really opened my eyes, this this go round has been um, my daughter. I mean, I have a 17 year old daughter who just voted in her first primary because she'll be 18 before the general. So she was able to vote in the primary and she was so excited and did her own research before this election season even got into full swing before Ted Cruz even jumped in. Um, I don't pretend to not be, uh, to be, I mean, I'm, I'm biased. I'm for Ted Cruz and I'll admit it, but, and she knows that, but Long ago, before we chose a candidate, she had done a paper on Ted Cruz, and she was like, if this guy ever runs, I want to vote for him. She was very excited about it. She had studied his policies and, you know, his his, um, his record and, um, mm-hmm. and was so impressed. And so she knew from the very beginning when she knew she was going to be able to vote in these primaries who she was going to vote for. And it was just the excitement of, you know, knowing what a privilege it is to be able to cast that vote and to be a part of the process was so exciting for her. And so it's really opened my eyes to, you know, um, get back to what's important and the fact that we, you know, what an awesome thing it is that we have the free, the freedom and the privilege to cast a vote and to choose. Um, now one could argue that that process has been, you know, messed around with quite a bit, you know, in in these past elections. But right now, as far as I know, we still have the opportunity to choose our, you know, to choose who who we would like to be president. And so it's, it's been, um, it's been a really eye opening thing for me just to watch her and learn from, you know, learn from that first time. And my husband and I last night watched um, Mr. Smith goes to Washington, Mm -hmm. um, the old Jimmy Stewart, maybe I've never seen it before. Mm -hmm. And, um, my husband suggested watching it and I was like, okay, cause I'm not real into older movies. And we sat there and watched it and I had tears in my eyes the whole time mm-hmm. because I'm like, this, this is what it ought to be. The, the yes. respect, you know, and I know it's yes. a movie, but the respect he had for the office and the, the, um, the belief that you can really get up there and accomplish something and not give up. And, and, uh, you know, that and my 17-year-old, yes. I don't know. It's just, it's kind of changed my perspective, this go-round. Mm-hmm. And, you know, yes, yes, we need absolutely. to really. 
Absolutely. I don't know. We just need to remember that as we go into this election and, and remember that everybody has that same freedom and, mm-hmm. you know. Absolutely. <laughs> and those are wise words, Tammy, and I thank you um, for sharing them with us on The Right Voice. I appreciate your um, your input and your sounding off. It's a it's a call for uh for calm and and a call for uh for some wisdom. So thank you for joining us. I appreciate it. My pleasure. Anytime. All right. Okay. All right. Take care. Thanks. All right. So that was Tammy Nance and, and she really did share um some wisdom because it is so easy to get fired up. I mean really, really fired up and and uh and as she said, are we praying about it as much as we're talking about it and do we need to step back and, you know, support whomever you want to support, but also respect the fact that we live in a country where other people have that same right. Agree or disagree, you know, agree or disagree, they have that right. And that's a beautiful thing. All right, so we're going to move right along on this Call It Like You See It broadcast on The Right Voice. The number again is 646-200-3715. You're free to call in. I have my next guest who is going to sound off and call it like he sees it. And uh, and his name is Thomas S. Schmidt. And uh, Thomas, I want to thank you for joining me on The Right Voice. How are you? I'm good, Adrian. Thank you so much for having me on. It is my pleasure and my honor. And you have been um, listening to our two previous guests, Randy and Tammy, and uh, yeah. and as, yeah, as I said in the beginning, I have no idea. I had no idea what they were going to talk about. I have no idea what you're going to talk about, but I'm really anxious to hear. Well, here we go. Many years ago, I learned from a liberal Democrat friend of mine a really valuable lesson. And mm-hmm. what he told me was that when electing a president, mm-hmm. you have to not just look at the candidate himself, but the people that he is going to bring along with him or her for that matter. And, Mm -hmm. you know, I busted my fanny uh, Mm -hmm. in 2012, along with so many others, wonderful people to, to help uh, Senator Ted Cruz get elected to the Senate in 2012. And, you know, we had to go up against both president Bush's and, and vice president Cheney who were supporting Senator Cruz's, uh, opponent, and and we won, you know, mm-hmm. and and we believed him, and we trusted him, and we saw him go to D.C. and take on the establishment, mm-hmm. and we we had his back, and then he ran for president, as mm-hmm. he is now, and something's changed, and now that I've started doing a little bit of homework. I'm really, really shocked. Every day it seems like something new is is coming out because, you know, he does tell his supporters he's a a conservative constitutionalist and uh, he's a common sense conservative. But when you look at his associations and his advisors and most importantly what he says to his supporters, it doesn't really match what the truth is. And I'm not talking about opinions. I'm talking about what is. Uh, for example, it's not an opinion that Mrs. Cruz um, is on leave of absence from her job at Goldman Sachs. That's not an opinion. You know, that that's the mm-hmm. truth. It's not an opinion that Mrs. Cruz is a member of a council on foreign relations. That's not an opinion. That's the truth. And it's not an opinion that Mrs. Cruz worked in the Bush administration under Condoleezza Rice. That's not an opinion. That's not that's the truth. And so you have to ask yourself, is the Senator asking us to believe that he is not a member of the establishment and only his wife is a member of the establishment. Then as far as his advisors go, you know, his campaign manager, our campaign chairman, I think some Mr. Sweet, Chad Sweet, you know, he's a former CIA officer uh, who was hired um out of um, Michael Birchoff, I think his name is, who was President Bush's former, secu- uh, former Secretary of Homeland Security, who hired him from uh, Goldman Sachs to kind of restructure and optimize the information flow from the CIA, FBI, and other national security uh, departments and DHS. You mm-hmm. know, so that that's not 
that's not being against the establishment. That is the establishment. And then the other day, Senator Cruz hires Jeb Bush's financial team. Okay, Mm -hmm. so yet he's continuing to campaign as being against the establishment and not a D.C. uh, insider. But when we take a look at what uh, who he's surrounding himself with, those are Washington, D.C. insiders. And, you know, today I was reading about some of his work that he did while he was uh, campaigning for the Senate in 2012, and, the, and he was still a lawyer, you know. And with the law firm that he worked for, you know, he was going into court arguing against America and for China on trade deals, and I, I was just so shocked. And again, these are not opinions, but mm-hmm. it just is. And so mm-hmm. it's been really difficult and, and sad for me to see who I really, someone who I thought was a really great, our best senator since Jesse Helms. You know, I, I really thought Ted Cruz was our best senator. I had spent hours watching him in committee, and you know, every day. You know, Barbara Boxer and Senator Franken proposed these really crazy ideas. And every day in committee, Ted Cruz would kill these bills before they got along any further in the Senate. And I always thought that it would be a mistake for him to run for president for the fact that he was our best senator, you know, stopping mm-hmm. these bills in committee. And, you know, his supporters today, they would say, well, he could veto it as a, as a president. Well, of course he could. But, you know, to be able to have the talent to stop it in committee, and not with opinion, but with the truth and, and with facts, you know, that's a very good talent and a good senator that you want to keep there and then put him on the Supreme Court someday. That aside, it has just been so shocking to me hmm. where it seems like every day now we're uh-huh. finding out new information about Senator Cruz, and he is not a Washington, D.C. outsider like well, he has been telling us he well, is. Let me, he let can't me. be. Well, let me let me ask you this. Uh, I, I hear what you're saying, and I appreciate that you um, are bringing forth uh, facts and not just, as you said, opinions. But my, my question is, can you not be um, those things that you mentioned? Can you not be a quote-unquote insider, if you want to call him that, and, and be of a different spirit? You know, I mean, is it is it all about just being an anti-establishment or can you be, as you would call it, insider and still be of a different spirit? I mean, we all know that he's a senator, obviously, um, He, but he has fought against the establishment. He has he has he not done in D.C. what you expected him to do? Yes, he has, but when you look at these people he has surrounded himself with and the statements that they have made um, for his his campaign uh, chairman, uh, for example, who's a former CIA officer, his statements um, about uh, the collection of metadata are in direct conflict. There's a- are you there? I have lost you. Nope. Somehow I have lost my caller. I lost Thomas and he was he was breaking down some stuff for us on uh on Senator Ted Cruz. And um maybe he'll give us a call back. Thomas, if you can hear me, please call us back so we can oh, I think there he is. He's quick. All Hi. right. Hi, I'm back. Um, And I was saying, you know, about the collection of metadata, you know, Mm -hmm. his his advisors and his campaign chairman, you know, has gone on television and made the opposite uh, case for the collection of metadata that the Cruz campaign continues to say to the supporters, you know, so in answer to your question, yes, you can be both, but the policy has to be the same. You know, the policy has to match what you say. Um, But yes, you can't, of course you can be a Washington insider and believe and do all those things, but the policy has got to match. So I don't know what happened uh, when he decided to run for president, how how different um, he uh, 
became and why I don't I don't understand that. Um, but I just have to say that it's very it's been so hard for me to watch this because I really looked up to him. He was like a hero of mine. I always have loved Senator Jesse Helms. He'll always have a special place in my heart. And I always used to say these last eight years, gosh, we need another uh, Jesse Helms. Remember, he used to lock arms with other senators and when. Clinton would get out of line, he would just say no. His nickname was Senator No. And I used to say, gosh, we need another Senator No. And then we got one. And now we're finding out, oh, what's going on here? He, you know, he keeps hiring these establishment uh, advisors. And well, you, know, you can't say you're against big government when you hire people from that used to hold government. positions in the CIA and the FBI and, Nash and the NSA, you know, and the DHS, you know, like what's going well, on here? You know, me, it's let, really let me, let me ask you this then, as, um, and, I, and we have to uh, kind of wind this down, but I, wa I want to ask you this. Then, then if he, as Ted Cruz is considered to be, as some would say, the true conservative in the race, uh, some say, who who would Trump, excuse the pun, Ted Cruz then, if in your mind, if you don't mind sharing? You mean who I who would I vote for? Correct. Okay. Um. Oh, I'm going to vote for Donald Trump, and I'm going to tell you why. I think for the first time, and it may be our only opportunity, we have an opportunity to elect a president who isn't already bought and paid for. And remember, um, you know, Governor Palin posted the image on her Facebook page. It was a picture of Senator Cruz's um, campaign email saying, I won't take money from big donors right next to his FEC filing showing that he's taking money from big donors, which means he's already bought and paid for. So but for the first but, time, we have right, an opportunity but, to elect a president who isn't bought and paid for. Go ahead. But we could we could argue that Trump is bought and paid for in the sense that he does all this all these deals with people and has uh you know, he does things on a for business reasons. And some would say, though he says he's um an outsider and he says that he ha there are no strings attached, many would look at his record and whom he's donated to and why he says he's done it and would argue that he really is maybe they're not in his they're not putting anything in his pocket. But they're giving to him in one way or another in terms of their business support or, you know, whatever it is he's looking for from these people that, that he makes these deals with. You don't see that. Well, what I do see is his ego. And I think his ego is the best thing. And I think it's going to keep him in check because I don't think he could handle going down as a hated president or a bad president. I think that very ego that people put down will keep him in check because he's going to want really bad to be remembered as a good president. He wants his face on Mount Rushmore, make no mistake about it. And so I think the very ego that people like to talk about, I think that's his saving grace. I think that's our protection. I think his ego will keep him in check because he's not, he couldn't handle going down as a bad president or a hated president. And so that's why that and along with, uh, not taking the big donor money is, you know, these senators and politicians, you know, how at NASCAR, they have to wear, the drivers have to wear all their sponsors' patches on their outfits. Mm -hmm. Imagine if Senator Cruz had to do that, you know, or any of the other ones. You know, Donald Trump doesn't, wouldn't have to wear any patches, you know, and he hasn't spent any money. And I love the fact that he's doing so well without spending any money. I think he's kind of paving the way for regular people to be elected without having to spend the money. And I think that's well, a wonderful thing and a great opportunity, and I know that I'm going to take it. Well, I tell you what, that's an interesting perspective. His, uh, we hear a lot about his ego, and I've never quite heard that perspective on it. And, you know, will it, will it keep him in check uh, remains to be seen, of course, if he wins um, the nomination, and we'll see what happens on that. Thomas, thank you so much. You really, um, I, I would say passionately, made your, your case and um, told it like you saw it as far as your, um, the reasons why you're not for Ted Cruz anymore in addition to the reason why you are supporting, supporting Donald Trump. So I appreciate you um, 
throwing that all out there on us on the right voice. Thank you so much. Oh, thank you, Adrian. You know, I look up to you so much. I've told you this before. You were the first person I ever followed when I joined Twitter and I made sure that I was your first caller when you first launched this show, because um, I've always respected you. I've always followed your work and I really admire you and you inspire me. And I just want to thank you for that. Well, thank you and keep up all the work that you're doing. I appreciate you as well. Absolutely. All right. Take Thank care. You, God All right. God bless you. Bye-bye. All right. Bye-bye. Okay. And that was Thomas S. Schmidt, and he also chimed in. And, uh, hey, it's call it like you see it. And between Randy and Tammy and Thomas, we have had our guests call it like they see it. And I tell you what, I love doing this. I love talking to just regular, everyday people who are living their lives and, and loving their God and just trying to stay informed and getting fired up at times and pulling back at times and all those things that, that we find ourselves um, having to do. And so we are uh, down to the wire here on the right voice. The time goes by so quickly when, when I have the honor of talking to people. And so I'm going to take a quick break, grab, um, grab some, some water, run to the restroom, whatever you have to do, and then come back for the wrap-up of the right voice. All right. Little good news instead of 
All right, that was Mandisa and Stronger. I love that song. I was just jamming here all by myself. All right, but uh, we're back on The Right Voice. I'm your host, Adrian Ross. The call-in number is 646-200-3715, and we're down to the wire. I am. I, I just want to share, um, you know, we like to have wacky news and happy news, and so I'm going to share uh, some wacky and happy news, and then we'll talk. And then we'll uh, we'll we'll fade on out here. But um, wacky news: astronaut Scott Kelly. You guys know Scott Kelly. He is an I guess an astronaut. He spent almost a year in space. And what I thought was really cool. I guess I'm not much of a science person, but he went. Uh, he came back two inches taller. This is just some regular old crazy wacky news. Two inches taller, and I guess because it's, they say it's because your the the discs are not compressed, you know, the discs in his back are not compressed, and so he actually grows. He came back two inches taller, and um and I found out also that he will not stay that that um that size. He will eventually be back to the same size as his twin brother Mark Kelly, uh, who is married. Mark Kelly is married to um, uh, Gabby Gabby Gifford. You might remember who had um who had been um, shot by a crazy stalker person uh, who didn't like her politics or whatever. The uh, congresswoman from, from Arizona, you might remember. But anyway, Scott is uh, Mark's brother. And uh, so he went up in space and came back two inches taller, and they're monitoring him to find out how long that will last before he goes back to his normal size. But anyway, I thought that was kind of kind of wacky, but really kind of cool also. Um, as far as happy news goes. I uh, read an article today on, on Breitbart News, where I work, and there was a, a Baltimore boy, a young man, uh, looked like he was, you know, looked like a teenager, and he's walking down the street in Baltimore, and he sees this homeless man, homeless man sleeping, um, just sleeping out on the street, and a man was, a man was seeing this whole thing, seeing this boy draw close to this this homeless man and he pulled out his phone because that boy walked over to the homeless man and just laid his hands on him as he slept and just began to pray for him. And so this, this man that was observing all this, he caught a picture and he put it on Facebook and it's just a really touching scene. And uh, he mentioned about, you know, a lot of times you think of, of Baltimore, you think of some of these young people in Baltimore and that they're all engaged and doing crazy stuff and everything. And and here's this young man just just doing what he could, just reaching out and praying. And I thought that was really cool and some happy news and some encouragement in today's society. All right. Um, as I end here, I, I just want to to mention, of course, that America lost uh, a former first lady in Nancy Reagan, who uh, passed away on Sunday of congestive heart failure. And uh, you've been, we've been hearing all these tributes about her and, and about, um, you know, the Just Say No campaign and how she fought against um, drug abuse and and uh, and how much she loved her husband. And I just want to to play a couple clips in honor of of Nancy Reagan. And one, this first one, is uh, an interview with Larry King, and it really highlights the love that she had for her husband Ronald Reagan. Uh, who obviously passed away before uh, she did, and uh, and yet she's talking about him and that love, and it really comes across. So let's take a listen. I've gotten to know you very well. You look <laughs> a private in dictionary. Your picture is there. <laughs> yep. Any of it too private for you? I don't think so. No. You know, all, all that he said about me. It wasn't terribly private. It was personal and sweet. Very sweet. So sweet. It was true. We we didn't like to be apart. We just didn't like it. No, he writes repeatedly that she's gone overnight. I'm lost. I know. I know. And I remember one country that we went to. I don't remember what country it was, but they put us in separate bedrooms. Well... <laughs> Ronnie was just having a fit. I don't know if they ever moved us or or what, but we didn't like to be apart. Ever miss him? I mean, not ever miss him. How much do you miss him? Ronnie? Uh, How long has it been now? I can't remember. It seems like yesterday. 
I know, to you maybe. <laughs> um, no, I'm, there are people who told me that uh, it gets much easier. Well, maybe for them, but not for me. I miss him more now than I ever did. Hmm. That was Nancy Reagan talking to Larry King about the relationship that she had with her husband, Ronald Reagan. And, and this is a one more clip. This took place in, in 1996 at the Republican National Convention. And it's a fitting way to to pay tribute to Nancy Reagan. It's a fitting way um, to, to say goodbye to her. Um, so listen to this as we go out on The Right Voice. God bless you. Thank you so much for tuning in. Here's Nancy Reagan. Have a good night. So let me so let me close with Ronnie's words, not mine. In that last speech four years ago, he said, whatever else history may say about me when I'm gone, I hope it will record that I appeal to your best hopes, not your worst fears, to your confidence rather than your doubts, and may all of you as Americans never forget your heroic origins, never fail to seek divine guidance, and never, never lose your natural God-given optimism. Ronnie's optimism, like America's, still shines very brightly. May God bless him, and from both of us, God bless America. Thank you.